the Ur Dragon. The Ur Dragon is me. It's just like a part of me. <laughs> I mean, which is a weird thing to say about art on a magic card, I guess, but it is completely me. It's also one of my best pieces. I feel like I have held myself back by like not believing in myself and not thinking that things were actually possible and all of these things were just dreams that were just out of reach but would just probably never actually happen. But it's like you can make that stuff happen if you really work towards it. There was a time where I just felt there was no place for me artistically. I didn't think I'd ever be a professional artist. I didn't think I'd get anywhere. So the fact that I am here and like having that experience is crazy. Like it's just wild. Justine, how are you doing today? I'm okay. I'm here. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. As we just talked about, it, we are on different sides of the world. So yes. I have my <laughs> coffee and it's eight in the morning. And for you, it's uh, it's later in the evening. So it's... Sadly, um, can't have a coffee. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that technology has allowed us to, to do this. Um, but I understand you're... Are you in Philly? Is that yeah. where you are? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and you were in Baltimore for many, many years before this. A long time, yeah. I am actually from Maryland, and I lived there my whole life until literally right before the pandemic when I moved here, <laughs> which was okay. a bad a bad time to do a big move because I just kind of ended up being stuck inside my apartment for two years and not really yes. experiencing the city. Um, yeah. But now I can go out a little. <laughs> All right, this is the the beginning small talk segment. So what what do you like <laughs> what do you like uh the most about Philly now that you've been here for a couple of years? Um there's really good food. A lot of really good food options. Um I love my neighborhood. It's beautiful. There's like trees and porches. It's very different from where I was in Baltimore. Um there's a lot of cool people here. I don't know. It's not like that different <laughs> from Baltimore, but like those little small things. Um, it's just nice to be in a different place. Can I ask Sorry, what was the... Like no, no, that's totally fine. I mean, that's, that's a real answer. It's not like, oh, you know, Philly is a hundred times better my than... Life. You're not going to throw your, your hometown under the bus or home city under the bus. I get it. So what what is it about... What is it about you i guess that made you want to move to to philly was it was it relationships was it networking was it life what was it yeah i just sort of needed a change and i have a lot of friends here um and i don't know I, I had a really good time every time i came to visit so it seemed like a move that was like not a huge move because it's only a couple hours away from baltimore but like still different enough that it could like I don't know be kind of a refresh for life um I just was in Baltimore for so long and I like Baltimore a lot like sometimes I I really miss it like there was just a command fest in Baltimore and everyone was talking about it and I was like oh why aren't I there it's like right next door and then I like oh I don't even live there anymore what, <laughs> what am I talking <laughs> about um so yeah I miss it but uh it was just 
took a way to do a little refresh, but not a huge, huge move. I don't know. There, I don't have like a real super logical answer. Um, just new people here. And there's a lot of really cool artists who live here who I was friends with. Um, some of them have done some magic art. Uh, um, yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's that, that, that's that the 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 real answer is the real answer. So, uh, are you a fan of sports or like what what kind of things are you? No. What okay okay that I'm gonna cut the, that part out. Um, is is there well like, what... no, so when this has nothing to do with what you're trying to talk about, but I did see um, that you're really into running. And I am also recently very into running. So that is a sport that I like, but not connected to Philly in any way. No, no problem. Uh, have, did you just recently get into running? Is that is that what it is? Or Yeah, so I started running like a little over a year ago um, after being the kind of person who like, you know, I like walked the mile in gym class. I didn't, I couldn't run for like, 30 seconds without feeling like I was going to die. I mean, I've always been really into working out. Like I've done like a lot of weight training on and off, um, a lot of like hit workouts, but running just seems like the last thing I would ever want to do. And for, I, for some reason I was just, I really like a challenge. Um, so I decided to try and do catch to 5k to, again. And I got so into it. It like, I feel like it's like changed my life. Like my anxiety is so much better. It just helps me get outside a little bit because I'm always stuck inside working. Um, I just feel better. I don't know. I love it. It's so, it's so good. I just did a half marathon a couple weeks ago. It's my first, oh, congrats. My first half marathon. I was very slow. I'm very slow, but still. I think it's, it's more about completing it. That's at yeah. least that's how I always look at it. <laughs> You know. Well, the next time, like my goal now is I gotta do it faster next time. So I gotta. Are you the new goal. are you fully into the scene? Are you in like the running clubs? Are you? No, you I'm your... not like a very um. <laughs> so I guess I can't say I'm not a social person because anyone who meets me in real life is like probably like, oh, you talk all the time. You're like really social, but I'm super introverted. So I just don't it's joining a club feels weird to me especially a club based around running and not like other interests we don't really know how much i have in common with people besides the fact that you just run but i would i really do want to make more running friends because none of my none of my friends are <laughs> they would not <laughs> i did get my I... partner into it a little bit but he's still i don't think he's like super sold on it <laughs> yeah i i felt like i had to ask that question of if you're in a running club, but I'll be honest, I'm also not in any running clubs. The thing <laughs> I love most about running is the fact that I can do it alone. And that makes me yeah. sound very antisocial. No. And no. I, I totally get where you're coming from. It's because I used to play basketball or I used to do other things. And you always need to kind of plan in advance. I think what I love yeah. about running is like, if I want to do it, I can just go can outside just go. and do it. You can just I go just outside. don't. Yeah. And you just listen, you can listen to music. Exactly. Well, I always have music. I always think, um, so 
I haven't actually driven a car in like years, but when I was younger, it used to be my favorite thing to just go out and drive around and listen to music. So now I'm like, oh, I can go drive myself around and listen to music. <laughs> That's how I um for longer distances. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's really it's really great. I don't know. And you can kind of like think about stuff. It's just kind of meditative. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's amazing. And I never thought that I would say that. And it's also kind of hard to talk about because people who don't run like don't care and don't want to hear. Exactly. I always feel run. like 80. First of all, I, I, I was also maybe similar to you in the sense that I was absolutely not a runner for most of my life. I was absolutely the person, the kid that was pretty good academically, but I really struggled in gym class. In fact, yeah. our gym teacher in high school had this t like graded curve system. He would just say like, today we're all going to go for a run. Whoever finished like in the top three would get an A and <laughs> the next five would get a B. And I was always the person who got the C plus. So I, like my, um, I couldn't run six laps around the track in high yeah, school. There's, there's no so way. I, I hated even... running. I hated it. And <laughs> And so I don't even know how I got here or how we got here today because somehow I had this like late awakening of this is actually good. I actually like to do it. No one's actually forcing me to do it. And now I like to do it. Whereas yeah. before people forced me to do it and I didn't want to do it. And exactly. I, I, there's something just, yeah, exactly. Like, I think I also have this theory that people who don't run hate it when runners talk about running because I feel like this is like maybe the self-critical nature of me coming out. I feel like probably 80 to 90% of the world absolutely hates running. So this is like just not a relatable thing. And also you, what you said about... I started talking oh, about no, no, it, no. actually. Oh, no, no, no. It's relatable it between is, us. It's true. But I, um, I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. It's just like a lot of... It's totally uninteresting because like people... Like, I, I used to be that person who was like, I don't want to hear about this. I will never do this. It just, like, feels like torture. It's horrible. Um, but then when you get into it and, like, it just, I feel like it sort of has improved every aspect of my life. And I love it. And I love the challenge of it. And I love, like, going outside when it's, like, beautiful out. And you can really enjoy it. And I love running, like, when you run a little farther and like exploring new places. Um, that is one cool thing about like being new to the city is like, I can go places that I haven't gone before. Um, there's like a really beautiful trail here. That's like right on the, the Schuylkill river. <laughs> and um, it goes forever and it's so, so pretty, but yeah, I haven't really been able to this week much because our air quality is, really horrible right now um is that due to forest fires or something yeah in or? canada it's um the canadian forest fires like there's just smoke pouring down it's not as bad as early in the earlier in the month we had like off the chart like it was like 500 i think i saw a casey neistat video where he was talking about that in, in new york was it is it somehow connected or it was the it's, same. it's yeah okay um but our air quality actually got worse like apparently it was the worst in the world at one point <laughs> it was like really really bad and scary yeah. um so yeah not a ton of going outside currently but uh hopefully 
that'll clear up. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> other thing you said, which is super relatable to me, is that there's almost no intersection of my existing social groups and running groups. Yeah. There's just none, right? Like, if we want to talk about even like magic players and running, I don't know. Like, I'm not trying to trying to start anything controversial, but I just, there's not that much of a intersection there. So it's like, well, you know, yeah, that's my thing. Like, I have always been just like a total nerd. Um, so it's just like that's not. You have other things you're doing that have mm -hmm. nothing to do with exercise or like sport like mm -hmm. those are just like not even yeah. in your peripherals um yeah so yeah it's just it's hard to find people who share my other interests and are into absolutely running. i have to make a confession here i think i actually enjoy running and the national basketball association more than i do magic the gathering <laughs> But just let's just anyone who's actually made it this far in the interview, I guess ten minutes in, it, it's fine. People listening, though, 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 it'll be fine. I'm not gonna tweet this out. It's not. It's just gonna be our kind of my little, my, my little secret. But yes, it I, is possible for people to have different interests. I guess is yeah, what I'm saying. I mean, people have many layers. Yes, exactly. So it sounds like you have some go-to running loops or trails or things that like don't dox yourself but i i it sounds like you have some go-to some oh, go-to yeah. uh places right for your runs um well the schuylkill river trail is the one that like everybody goes on um and that's the one that it kind of like runs up through the city and then it goes more into like um this kind of like park area and up onto like more wooded trails. It's really, really pretty. That's my favorite. Um, but it has to be like a, at least a five or six mile run to do that or longer. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a manageable uh, distance, especially now that I know you've run a half and uh, yeah. <laughs> do, do you have plans to do another half or do a full or? Yeah, I really want to do um, the Philadelphia half marathon, which is I think in November, there's also another one in September, but I'm not sure if I'm doing Magic on Vegas, so I don't know. Um, I'm waiting to hear <laughs> if I get into Magic on Vegas, then I will not be doing the half marathon in September. But otherwise, maybe I'll do that one. I don't know about a full marathon. That's too far. Yeah. <laughs> That's too much running. <laughs> it, it's uh, I've never done it yet, and it's yeah. just I've it's always felt like just this insurmountable thing for me. I, I don't know. I have to figure it out sometime. So. Um, half is where I'm at right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to go right into another question here. Okay. I'm ready. Who is Justine Jones? It's me. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> if someone met you, um, how do I put it? People, people can meet you in different settings, but if someone just met you on the street, and you wanted to tell them about your your work or your creative projects, how would you 
describe who Justine Jones is in that context? Like creatively as an artist? Yes. Um, I, it's so hard to answer that um, and not in a way where, I'm going to say I don't want to sound pretentious, but I feel like that's impossible because I can't answer that in a pretentious way. <laughs> um, I like to create like really weird, kind of surreal, maybe overly rendered in some way, intricate characters and creatures and monsters. Um, I like to create things that are like both beautiful and grotesque um, and sometimes extremely colorful. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I just like, I like to create characters and creatures and things that kind of like come out of the page a little bit in a way I love to make like textures and I don't know. I don't have like a artist statement. <laughs> and that's totally fine. Cause I, I, I probably, this is a weird question. A, because I, I don't typically interview artists. I know, you're like, who are you and, as a content yeah, creator? Yeah, it's, it's like a, I don't I'm know, like... it's kind of like a Nardwarish kind of question and it's just kind of <laughs> weird out of nowhere. Um, and B, I think it's also, I think as an artist, probably, if I have to guess, your work kind of speaks for itself, right? So it's not like you typically have to describe it because people can just look at your portfolio. Yeah, That's my... I guess, um, I mean, some artists like would have some kind of artist statement or like I think a gallery artist or like a more uh someone doing like more interpretive work or like more modern art or I feel like what I'm trying to get across with my work is pretty in your face because I'm just like a fantasy artist I'm just like here's a monster and it's cool it's not super deep um, but some people are trying to like um, have more of a statement with their art, I guess. But I just want to make a cool wizard or like a dragon. Okay. Um, I'm not like that kind of artist, I guess. Okay. Are there also artists who are just putting out similar work to you but have a very grandiose vision like oh, i'm trying to save the world with my art or i'm trying to go after this and that like i, I don't i have no I don't idea think That's, so. <laughs> if they okay. if they are thinking that then i think they might be a little confused or like <laughs> have like bigger being envisioning mm -hmm. themselves a little bigger than they are but like it's just a dragon i just want to draw something that like someone looks at it and they're like it makes them happy in some way or like it um, inspires them in some way. Maybe something I do like is like, I like to draw things that people can look at and kind of like make up their own story or like <sighs> something that someone looks at and makes them feel more creative. Like, I don't Almost know. sparking where does, something yeah, in this, others. Where or? does this guy come from? Like, what is he doing? 
what is this wizard's name? Like, what is his deal? What is his life? Like, so that's why that's one of the things I really like about just drawing a character and posting it and not like saying much about it because it's really cool to hear what people come up with or like people's ideas for that character. Because um, when I was a kid, that was one of my favorite things. Like, I would look at storybooks and picture books and maybe there would be like a little a little like fable or something that I was too young to really read or understand but I'd look at the art and I'd like make up a story based on the art so that is something that I really enjoy doing is just having some random monster creature that's a little mysterious and then hopefully it inspires someone but yeah, nothing. I'm not, I'm not changing the world with dragons. I wish. Um, well, you're changing someone's world, I, I guess. I mean, a lot of people that it, it is really cool um, to have people come up and like say that like my art is their favorite or like one of my cards. It's like their favorite magic art. Um, it's really nice to know that like something I could draw could like have some kind of positive effect on someone um I actually remember during the pandemic I was doing a lot of artist proofs like um commissions do you know about oh absolutely uh, <laughs> okay. this, this might be one of the few podcasts where we don't have to explain it too much for other yeah. people it's but but just in case the the, the card you get special yeah. versions of the card where the back is blank so you right. can do illustrations on so um, I was doing a ton of those. It was like my first time ever doing it. Um, I was just like, it was a pandemic. It was the beginning of the pandemic. I was like really stressed out. I was kind of depressed. Um, I don't know. I felt just weird about everything in general. And then one of the people who got a commission from me messaged me and they're like, oh, I was, like, at the hospital working all day, and it was, like, such a horrible day, and, like, coming home and opening up, like, this commission was just, like, the best thing. You, like, made my day. Thank you so much. And I was just, like, wow, the fact that I could do mm -hmm. anything like that to affect anyone, um, make someone's day a little bit better, it's, it's just amazing that I have any power to do that. Like, I don't know. It's so stuff like that it's is pretty incredible crazy. yeah because <laughs> a, a, a commission like that is literally one of one right it's completely unique only yeah. that person has it right so even like a lot of people will be like <laughs> like when i did the ur dragon people were like draw the ur dragon draw the ur dragon so it's like i have drawn many tiny little ur dragons but they all look different they're all going to be different like something about each of them is different they're all totally unique um because yeah. i can't i'm not a machine i can't I can't perfectly replicate it, unfortunately. Let, let's talk about that for a second, because that's something that I find immensely fascinating is this sort of this sort of MTG artist celebrity that is very unique. And, and let me just break it down. Right. I think I think there's first of all, OK, I have a lot of things running through my head, but let okay. me just break it down to one question first. <laughs> Was it difficult to, first of all, learn how to not learn, but have to do um, like such a small drawing on such a small <laughs> magic card? Because I imagine that's probably not something that you've ever had to do, right? I 
hate it. So I hate drawing small. My whole art style is I draw. You can always draw bigger and just zoom it down if you need to. So why, why do you have to draw small? So my small? whole art style is based around drawing really, really large. And then like, so I can pack in a lot of detail. Um, there's nothing on this, but this is how big I normally draw. Um, mm. My standard size. So I normally Which fill is maybe up... like 150 <laughs> times the size of a magic card, right? Yes. So. Um, so when I have to do the artist proofs, it drives me insane. Um, I love it because I love making people happy and how, how excited people are about it. But I am a crazy perfectionist and I want things to look perfect and I want things to look as good as I can possibly make them. And I never feel like I can make things look good enough. And it's never perfect enough because I have to draw this tiny little thing on this tiny little card. And I'm just not ever happy with it. But people, mm. other people are very happy with it. So that's mm. great. Thankfully, when I do the actual magic card, it's, you don't I draw have it to. big. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I it's just like eternally frustrating to me to have to do this tiny, tiny little thing. Um, and also I have other friends who are like painters who do like beautiful things on the tiny little card. And because I'm mostly like an ink, like pen and ink, like detail artist, you can't, like if you put a bunch of detail on a tiny little card, it just looks like a mess. <laughs> so yeah. I just can't do what I normally do and I get really frustrated, but I'm, I'm getting better at it. Uh, Normally, it turns out pretty good. I just... <laughs> so it was a process as well. Just yeah. This thing of um, drawing on these tiny little magic cards. But it drives... It does drive me insane. And um, I love making people happy. But also, sometimes it takes me a really long time to finish commissions because I get so much anxiety about, like, making it look good on this tiny little card. Um, but that's just me. I just have anxiety about everything so would you say like... would you say that you're a perfectionist when it comes to this sort of thing with art or maybe not perfectionist but just wanting to be at like a high enough level with every single piece of work yeah I'm also just really hard on myself in general I think when it comes to art and really like nothing I ever do looks as good as I want it to so when I'm working on something tiny and I know I know I can't make it look as good as I not only that normally. but you, know, you have one <laughs> yeah. hand tied behind yeah. your back now because it's tiny so yeah. it adds so to it it really is like uh, but then when yeah. I when I pull it off and it like looks really cool I'm like oh okay like that was pleasant fun. surprise it was like a yeah. and I'm starting I have been getting into painting a little bit so I've done a few like painted proofs um which is not it's like a new thing because normally I do my colors digitally um, and I'm more of a line based artist, like more like comic book artist style. Um, so doing painting is a new and fun experiment. But then I also get a lot of anxiety about that because I'm like, oh, no, mm. what if it doesn't mm. look good enough? Um, but everyone yeah. is so nice. Um, I... I'm always worried and then everyone's like, wow, it's so cool and they love it. And people are like, people in the magic community are just like 
the nicest. The art fans are amazing. Like it's, I'm very thankful that everyone is so nice. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think it doesn't, it's, it doesn't, it's not easy because I'm just equating it to doing any kind of creative work. You're always the hardest critic on yourself and the audience doesn't actually see it 90% of the time, but you know, it's there. Like if you feel like it's not optimal, even something, something like this podcast, like I'll yeah. listen to something afterwards. I'll just feel like, oh man, that was, that was really not a good transition <laughs> or that was really not that well edited, but people don't really see it. But I think that's the thing that we have to do is to constantly self-criticize as, as weird as that sounds, because that's how we can kind of in a cliched way, get better yeah. and push ourselves. I think so too. Um, I think you have to find a balance ideally. Um, so you don't beat yourself down too much, <laughs> but also you keep yourself on your toes. You don't let yourself like slip. I don't know. I, it, it can be a blessing and a curse, I think, because I think you can be like too hard on yourself and that can be bad, but yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like all most creatives are perfectionists and most creatives are like always some sort of compulsion (laughs) that drives us. Yeah. Whether it's writing or any kind of creative thing or, or art. Um, I'm jealous of people who don't seem to have that and don't seem to have that anxiety and are just like, everything I do is great. And this is great. And I'm like, okay, but that it's pretty, pretty rare. To see something but that's like tough that. too because that also adds to the self delusion sometimes, right? Yeah. Where, but at the same time, I'm like, it must be that would be nice. It, it <laughs> would know. must be nice. Would be nice. Yeah. 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 Um, the other thing I was wanting to ask you about is I actually don't know for your the art that goes onto magic cards or comic books or things you put out. Mm-hmm. How much of it is digital versus analog? Because I because for proofs you would have to do them completely analog and right. i don't know if that's is that is that also a process or is that just um something that you it's in your wheelhouse for me um i do almost all of my drawing analog like uh i whew, is analog even the right term i just i just <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> i mean it works irl <laughs> <laughs> yeah irl drawing sorry like where yeah i draw everything with micron pens pretty much um, on Bristol board, which I also just showed you. Uh, and, and like pencil as well. But I normally do do the colors digitally, but working with markers, like for all my proofs, I generally use these Copic markers, which are like the most expensive and sane markers i don't understand why they cost so much but they're they are very good <laughs> they have a monopoly on the industry it sounds yeah, like uh, so they make it easy it's it's pretty much it, it feels very similarly like to drawing to doing the color digitally it's not mm-hmm. a huge difference um i just am more comfortable doing colors digitally i for a long time, I was only a black and white artist. I actually only started doing color, like, ugh, like right before I did my first Magic cards. So, like, maybe 2017, I started doing color. Um, and what so, prompted that? What prompted you to go into color? 
I just, I guess I just felt like I wasn't going to be able to get anywhere with my art without doing color because I don't, I don't actually think that's true anymore, but there was a time where I just felt there was no place for me artistically. Like I wanted to do fantasy art and like everyone's doing these like digital paintings and like, so I'm like, Oh, I have to try and learn how to do this. So I started, yeah, like teaching myself Photoshop. Um, obviously my work still looks nothing like your standard digital painting. Um, but that's, that's what started me wanting to learn things. Um, but in the end, I think I was, I'm glad, I'm glad that I went that way, but I also kind of want to fight against that mindset with other people. I want people to know that like, whatever you're doing, like there is a place for that and not to start looking at everyone around you and be like, oh, well, my work doesn't look like this. So there's never going to be a place for me and I don't fit in because that's like, not true like you're gonna be sought after because of the thing you specialize in and that's what makes you special and different and like stand out from other people but um I'm kind of glad that I did lean more into color because my work has evolved a lot from just like those few years ago um but yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> No, no, this is, this is exactly, this is great. Uh, it sounds like you were trying to, if I can paraphrase a little bit, expand your range or try yeah. to give yourself more options. And I mean, I always want to, like, I love learning new things. Um, but like the new thing with painting is very fun. I would love to learn how to like do like actual, like professional quality paintings. I still feel a little scared um and it's it's a very different process than drawing um because i think about things completely in lines um and painters mostly think in shapes so mm. and like you work in a different way like um more from like dark to light whereas like when you're working with lines you're just putting black it's almost like you have paper. to rewire your brain yeah. it's a totally yeah. different way to think um so but it's fun to go out of your comfort zone uh, I also, for a little while, I was, like, trying to teach myself animation a little bit, which was really fun, but that's the kind of thing where I feel like I hit a wall a little bit without, like, taking more classes or something, uh, but mm -hmm. it was really cool. I did, like, a little walk cycle, and I I wish I had more time to do it, too. It's very time-consuming. <laughs> that's another problem, but, yeah, I just like to learn new things, and I feel like everyone everyone can has more to learn. I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's very relatable. I feel like um, it almost goes back to the topic we had about how people have different interests and we all have different things going on. And it's just tough because there's just finite time and yeah. you're trying to figure out like what's the 80% of what you normally do that should be your core. And you know, it's like the saying goes, you can try to mitigate your, and I'm not trying to imply that like these things like painting or color are necessarily your areas of weakness. I'm not, I'm not trying to imply oh, that no, at all. I'm just okay. saying, I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying that in life. Painting usually... definitely is an area of weakness. Um, and okay. color actually, I mean, people, people love my colors. They tell me, but the secret to my color is that I don't know anything about color like at all. 
So. Oh, is that is that like a whole uh, beginner's mind kind of mindset resulting in something or? Uh, I think it's just the way I color. So, so I, it's unique. It becomes unique as a result. I just something. I color by like looks. Like I know it looks good to me. So like when I mm. find it, I know what it is. Um, but I I dropped out of community college color theory class twice. <laughs> That's okay. like I have no color like training, and for a long time so I was like feel. I hate it's color. Not, it's not like you I can't just, you can't actually like articulate like I did this because yeah, of it's just it like feels good intuitive. Looks good. Um, just what looks good to me, which can be a problem sometimes when your art director wants something else. Um, right. A color that looks a certain way to me might not be what they're looking for. And then that, that does become a bit of an issue um, mm -hmm. where me coloring things by feel didn't really work out, but it normally works. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I definitely want to ask you more about that. <laughs> I, I just want to, I just want to go. Um, yeah, I guess just, just, uh, because I was, I was asking you about, um, MTG artist fame or celebrity. <laughs> the other thing I want to ask before I forget is, um, what is that experience like? Cause I imagine that it's very unlike anything else you have probably experienced in your life, which is this, this thing about how almost like Justine Jones is a and please push back if this is like a little bit if, if I'm projecting too much, but it's like you're now a magic artist. So people just want you to dance and do the Ur Dragon and just do the Ur Dragon, do the Ur Dragon. It's almost like you are no longer you. You are a hand in someone's enjoyment of that magic card and so it's almost like you know like if a fan loves a song that an artist made and they're projecting projecting into that and they just want to hear that song like um they just want to hear pictures of you by the cure like over and over and over and over again <laughs> it's no longer about who robert smith is it's now just about that song and that feeling there's almost like an out-of-body experience of that art so i don't know this is I don't know what the question is, but it's like, what are your thoughts about that? I think I see what you're saying, but with the Ur Dragon, the thing is, the Ur Dragon is me. Like that totally came from me. It I don't mind because it's just like a part of me. <laughs> I mean, which is a weird thing to say about art on a magic card, I guess, but it I just feel like it is completely me. It's also one of my best pieces. Um, I wasn't super familiar with the Ur Dragon, like the original card. Um, I did used to play some magic, but I had never played Commander. So I wasn't aware of like how popular this card was either. Um, and I wasn't given a lot of like direction I was given some basic things and shown like the original picture. Um, so I just drew like the coolest dragon that I could create. And it's just, com I feel like the dragon is completely my own. Like, right. 
it mm. wasn't it's not the same as sometimes like okay so with like the D cards that i did um the black and white like rule book drawings um those are like drawing another character that already exists especially the Baldur's gate ones because a lot of those were characters from the Baldur's gate like the new game um right. or the older ones um it's very detailed like what that character yeah. is there's so a like, whole backstory what they i know like. who this character is i'm gonna draw them in my style and make them my own a little bit but it didn't like completely come for me but the ur dragon <laughs> totally came for me that is just mm. like it's open-ended so when people yeah. love it um i know a lot of the time they love it because it's a powerful card and obviously i didn't have anything to do with that <laughs> right. um and it's existed like for before it's i had love anything it, to the do love card yes yeah, um but the fact that they love the art i just like i am so appreciative of mm -hmm. the response that i got from that mm -hmm. so yeah, no, it's fine. I will dance. There are dragon dance. All day. I, I guess I should. I guess I should modify my question. It's maybe maybe another part of the question is, what is it like to be associate? I'm not saying that's the only thing, but I'm saying that probably more than any art you've done in the past, uh, in a non-magic setting, this magic, this piece of magic art, it is completely you, as you said. But now it's like, that's the most popular, one of the most popular yeah. artworks you've done. I don't know if like anyone's ever come up to you in the past before and said, I really love like page five of that panel that you did on the, in this book. Like, obviously they know you were, but like, I mean, it's so does, specific. That's what I'm trying that to does happen. ask. Um, oh, it does. Okay. Yeah. I have, I have a few things that are like more popular, like in the TTRPG community. Uh, um, I did this cover for this adventure called Halls of the Blood King, which like, I feel like people who aren't like, if magic isn't your thing and you know who I am, then you probably like really like that. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. It's sorry. What is the question exactly? <laughs> It's okay. I feel like I'm sort of poking somewhere where there doesn't need to be. There's no no poking needed. It's almost like I'm just trying. Is it to... weird for people to like my art because it's on a magic card and not because it's like they know who I am because of the magic card? Is That's that a part question? of the question. But also, I was wanting to know if you feel like there's a kind of commodification that comes now with Justine Jones being. <laughs> a magic illustrator <laughs> as opposed to justine jones an artist and maybe I mean, there's nothing there in that question well no so. so the thing is like obviously yeah no one would know who i was if i didn't get these magic cards like i mean that maybe that's not true maybe i would have done something else but like i don't i would not be in the position that i am now if i had never gotten these cards like it was totally it totally changed my life so yeah, it is kind of weird to like, okay, I have these fans now, but they're like fans because of magic and like, I wouldn't have them otherwise. And they like it because it's on a magic card. And if I did the same art and it wasn't on a magic card, maybe they wouldn't care. Um, that is a thing that I think about sometimes, but. 
that's not a negative and i'm not, sorry yeah. if i if i'm no, coming across no no it's yeah, okay you know, um, life just there's forks in the road things happen it's good weird, and bad it's just and... weird things to think about um because of like it's so odd how like huge magic is and i don't know it's just so weird that i can have art on these cards that like zillions of people see and like appreciate um I don't, I just, I, I guess I just like appreciate that I'm in this position at all. So it's hard. Yeah, yeah. It is like. I guess the question really is like, is it surreal or oh, have yeah. you. Okay. <laughs> um, no, it, it's crazy to me. Like I was, uh, they invited me as a guest at Philly and in Minneapolis and it's just like, who I'm just a person like and now I'm like a guest artist at one of these conventions it's it's really wild it doesn't feel real also to me I'm just like I just like a little guy I'm not like I'm not I'm not a celebrity as you say I don't feel like it is just weird to have like this like never-ending line at, at your table of people who want you to write your name like hundreds of times like literally right. literally hundreds of times on these cards yeah. <laughs> and it is very strange i never in my life thought that i would be yeah people would be paying me to write my name like over and over again like i'm not madonna i'm not like it's just like <laughs> people and they're they're so nice and they're so appreciative and then they're like wow and they're like wow your signature is so cool and i'm like what like planet am i on like where am i like am i mm. i'm just a part i don't know i'm just a person like i'm so appreciative of like everyone and everyone is so nice and it's just like it it really doesn't feel real that mm. I'm in that position because mm -hmm. just a few years ago, I was completely like, I didn't think I'd ever be a professional artist. I didn't think I'd get anywhere. So the fact that I am here and like having that experience is crazy. Like it's just wild. I don't know when it will feel like a real thing. Um, Maybe it never will. I mean, this like this could end at any moment. Like maybe like in the future, I'll never do a card again. And but I guess even if that's true, like I've still had this experience that I still have done these cards, and it's still a thing that has happened. And I don't. It's wild. I don't know. It's very hard to talk about or articulate how surreal and strange it is, especially for me. Um, because, as I said, like, I mean, I'm pretty old, I feel like, compared to a lot of artists or probably a lot of the influencers you talk to. Um, and it took me a long time to get where I am. And I never thought that I would be here. Like, I never, I never thought I'd be a professional artist. I had kind of given up because... I don't know, I was, like, in my mid-30s, and, like, things just didn't seem to be happening. I thought I'd work at a coffee shop for the rest of my life, so... <laughs> or, like, work in comic book stores for the rest of my life. Like, that was what I was doing, which is fine. I 
enjoy coffee and comics, but I never thought that people would be asking me to write it would my name. Quite take off your <laughs> yeah. your creative career. I, and I just I feel like I also had a problem where I really didn't believe in myself that much. Like I just like I am that is a problem with being hypercritical of your art. Like I just never thought I was good enough. I never thought what I was doing looked good enough. I was like, maybe I'll get better, maybe eventually like um and I think that's a huge problem. And that is where the being hypercritical gets like too intense because it's like a lot of people think that it's like, yeah, a lot of people aren't quite there yet and like just need to work a little bit more and then they'll be great. They're like almost there. But with me, it was like, I was never, never there. Like I was never going to get there. I was never good enough. Like when I first, got the email to do the magic cards i almost said no <laughs> because was it because the schedule was too tight yeah I think you had mentioned it was that, very right? it was um had to do the three cards in a on a very less, short time in less than a month um i was still working full-time at the coffee shop i was working at i was just like i don't think i can do this like i don't think this is possible um and i just I just like didn't really believe in myself, I guess. And then my partner was like, well, you have to do it. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess I do have to do it. <laughs> like, you'd be like, you'd be crazy to not do it. And I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right. Um, and I did it. Um, it was- so what was going through your mind when you got the email? It was just the first, it was just defaulting to no or? Oh, I was just like, this is impossible. Like, I'll never be able to do this. Like, uh, whatever I do, they won't like. Um, yeah, those were all things going through my mind. I had actually already done some work for D and D that right. never got published. I wonder if I'll ever. I should ask if I can show it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and that was very confusing. And that was just black and white art. Um, the creative director at the time for Wizards, she, I already knew that she liked my art um I think she had bought some prints from me in the past uh and she emailed me and like asked me about doing these cards and it, it was very confusing because they had never done anything before with this like different art style um I was just like at first I was like scared because I was like do I have to make it look like how magic like cards normally magic. look like you don't like and it's like i know that she knows what my art looks like like i right. know that she follows me on instagram or whatever but there's so. that kind of uh <laughs> there's that kind of thinking that goes into like levels yeah. of it so you're like um so she sent me the email and i was like oh well i saw like i know you worked with like D, so like maybe we can like do this thing uh i guess she had like an idea of I don't, I don't want to put words into her mouth because I don't know everything that went into the whole secret layer thing. But yeah, so I did say yes. And then um, I did not leave my house except to go to my other job for like a month, <laughs> a little less than a month, actually. I did quit. I, I quit that other job for like the last week i think of the project they like let me take off um 
but yeah, it was really hard. <laughs> it was, it was a lot. Um, and I was very stressed out. It was like the first time I'd ever done anything like that, but I've kind of come to learn that and I work really, really well under extreme deadlines, Deadline. um, which I shouldn't say, <laughs> and it's a problem, but like, I think I am really fueled by anxiety and pressure because I've made some pretty cool things like under extreme deadline. So pressure makes diamonds yeah, in this uh, case. I have one thing that had like an insane deadline um, that still hasn't come out yet, but... <laughs> But you did it, right? You I, submitted that it. one, and it, it it's pretty, it's one I'm pretty proud of. Um, we'll see how it turns out on the card, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, the pressure, it really helps me focus. Um, but it can become really unhealthy, so I can't do that all the time. It it's just like too much. But I have made some pretty cool things on really extreme deadlines. <laughs> so is that is that how? Because before we started recording, I was speculating, you know, were you a master networker? Did you <laughs> find your infiltrate wizards or Hasbro? But it sounds like in this case, the art director was just a fan of yours. And uh, yeah, I like saw something in you and your work. Um, I did not expect How does that her. Work exactly? I did not expect her to ask me to do to do the cards. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, she. I do like vaguely know her from the internet, but we never like, like I've never met her. We, I, I mean, I want to meet her eventually, but um, yeah, it wasn't like, it wasn't really a networking thing. It's not like I was talking to this person all the time. It's just a person I know from the internet who like followed my stuff online and liked it enough to give me a shot. Um, and I will forever be grateful to her for like completely changing my life. Um, but yeah, it feels weird. It always, it still feels weird because, um, so when I think about it, I'm like, okay, the other secret layer artists, we have like Dakota, Wizard, Wizard of Barge, who is like, has this insane Instagram following. He's like big, like merch stuff you can't be on Instagram without seeing an ad for his stuff. He's like huge. You have like Alexis who um, is like a comic book artist, um, pretty well known. I used to sell their comics at the shop that I used to work at. Um, uh, Justin and Alexis Hernandez, they do like children's book illustration covers. They're all like big from other things. And then there's me who just like, I was really, I was just posting stuff on Instagram. I'd like sometimes go to a, like sell stuff at a Comic-Con. Um, but I, so I just, it really feeds into the imposter syndrome because I'm like, where did I come from? How am I here? Like, I don't, um, but it's also cool that like someone believed in my art enough to like give it that chance and take that chance with it, so. I, yeah, I will forever be grateful for that. Um, and, but it, it does feel weird to not have already had this like big platform that I was coming in off of. It's just like me, just a little guy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's, 
there, there's there's that but also i was just i was just assuming that there was some sort of secret layer pipeline like artists would have to apply or or like hey here's my here's my cv here's my portfolio would no. you consider me for the next thing so that is a thing where like people always ask me they're like oh how did you like where do i how do i send my stuff like i'm just like i didn't send anything and unfortunately, um, the answer, according to Justine, is just pure random luck. Just, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, yes. I'm like, just post, keep posting your stuff. Like, um, I do try. Keep doing what you do. I'll yeah. like, I mean, one thing I do try and do is like, if I really like someone's stuff, I'll definitely try and like repost it different places, mm -hmm. like try and get eyes on it. Because that's what I know the art directors are like looking at Instagram. Um, that's how they find a lot of people, just like social media. But it is kind of annoying to people when they're like oh how do i get in i'm just like just keep posting your stuff but it's like yeah. they've been doing that so <laughs> they're like wow thanks but i don't i don't have anything like i can't help people um, or maybe just be comfortable <laughs> i mean I, this is also just kind of coming from me and not from you but i i feel like i feel like as a creative you have to be you have to accept that things are not going to be exactly what you think it's going to be. Because if your goal as a creative or as an artist to say, I want my art to be on a Magic the Gathering card, you're probably setting yourself up for some sort of disappointment. Because if you're not happy if it goes into another game or if it goes into an entirely different sphere. You, I, I don't know, you kind of have to maybe revalue your expectations. And I know that when people ask you about that, they're not, that's not their only end game, but I, 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 I'm not inferring that, but I, but it's, there's no A leads to B leads to C, right? At the same time though, I feel like if that's your goal, I feel like just continue to go towards it. Like I feel, I guess I don't want to be that person who's like, you can do it. Like I did it so you can do it. But like, I just feel like if I like can do it, then it's like possible for you. Right. Like, and I, I guess I just want to give people the confidence to keep trying because I never had that confidence and then somehow landed here. But I kind of wish it's like, what could I have done if I had known all along that I could do it? You know, mm. um, maybe I could have done more. So mm -hmm. I, I guess I, I want to encourage people. Um, and I want people to know that like it is possible. But I also at the same time can't like, I don't have like the magic answer you're looking for about mm. like, how to get this job because i don't know how i got this job I... okay that's someone a, asked that me. that is a legit that is a legit answer and i'm sorry i kind of like went too far into no on, on the spectrum because i do remember like just you know tim ferris the podcaster would say an author would say like what would this look like if this were easy like what would it look like if this were easy so you have to also even though you're not 100 percent guaranteed to get something you can still take the proper steps and intentionality to try to put yeah. yourself in the best place so that you may get it, right? I just, I think that maybe like we're capable of more than we believe. And a lot of us hold our, like, like I feel like I've held myself back by like not believing in myself and not thinking that things were actually possible. And all of these things were just like, kind of like dreams that were just out of reach, but would just 
probably never actually happen. But it's like you can make that stuff happen if you really work towards it. But there's just no super easy answer with how to get there. And like maybe it's stupid for me to say because, yeah, maybe I just was really lucky. But I don't think that that's completely it. Like I did work really. No, you really, still have to put did, in the work. I did put in yes. a lot of work. I did like yeah. continue. I never stopped drawing. I just mm -hmm. like stayed in the game yeah so i just i kind of want like if you if you quit two years before like we would not be having this conversation exactly. right now, so um i just want people to have the confidence that like maybe this dream they have is possible um yeah i don't know i just can't can't help too much with <laughs> getting them in the door which is a little it. It is another thing when people are like hey i never talked can to you give me a reference how I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> can you uh put in a good word for me with the uh the the higher ups over there? It's, it's not exactly how it works yeah I, I understand that yeah yeah um can we get into that a little bit like just just what is your story like how did you even decide to become a an artist illustrator. I know you have mentioned in some past interviews, you grew up kind of drawing, just, just drawing period, you know, just, just drawing ladies or like drawing <laughs> things around you. I think that's what, I think that you said that, yes, right? Yes, I um, did say that. Um, how, how did that true. go? And I know you, you went to art school or, I did or not. at some, no. oh, you did not. No. Okay. So tell me your story. Like how did, how did you, was there like a, a certain point in your life where you decided like, I'm going to go, I'm going to get really serious or more serious about it. Um, so yeah, as a kid, I like drew all the time. I love drawing. My dad is a very good artist. Um, he never like he he didn't really end up doing much with his art, but he did some commercial art. He'd like paint murals and like okay. local so restaurants. Creativity and stuff. art in yeah. the family. But yeah. um, as a kid, I was like, my dad is like the greatest artist. Like. All I can wish for is to like be as good as art as my dad is. Um, and he did a lot of like really fine line detailed ink work. So I think that might be a lot of like why I really leaned heavily into drawing. But also um, <laughs> my mom. <laughs> uh, so my dad hung an Aubrey Beardsley print over my crib as a baby. Are you familiar with Aubrey Beardsley? He... You might have to explain okay. it for the audience. He's like yeah. a Art Nouveau artist um, who is like, it was like black and white line work. Um, very weird. Some like, <laughs> some stuff that should not be in a kid's room and that was not what they put over my bed. <laughs> I, I'm assuming what was over my bed was maybe some kind of like, Arthurian illustration, like something from King Arthur, because my dad is really into that. But um, <laughs> my my mom got really mad that he put that over my crib because she thought it would make me deranged. <laughs> but <laughs> I wonder um, if it somehow like seeped into my little baby brain. I was like, oh, it's like really like beautiful Art Nouveau black and white um, style. Uh, which is like where I draw a lot of influence, but also um, I was really into comics as a kid. I learned to read 
basically by reading comics um as a right toddler on. yeah i was like super into the x-men like love the x-men <laughs> who's your favorite x-men character oh well, <laughs> uh emma frost is my all-time favorite the uh, white queen um i used to collect like her marvel cards actually i have a collection um but uh as a kid i really liked rogue a lot she was my favorite um and storm obviously um but yeah <laughs> emma is my favorite um so just the art style of comics like the really like stark like black and white line work and then colors added separately i feel like that kind of that's just what art looked like to me i guess um but i was also really into fantasy like illustration like children's books like fairies and unicorns and um i have this peter pan book actually actually it's right here peter pan is really dark we all kind of <laughs> just learned that later as we yeah. grew up yeah i have this particular peter pan book um i used to in elementary school just like copy the art um it's just like all these little like details of like fairies and elves and like fiddly little lines. Um, I don't know. People, uh, it's too like too bright to really see. But no, all see these it. like little, there's so many little things happening and so many little details and all the trees have like little faces and I don't know. Um, so there's just like a lot of things that bled in to like influence my little child brain, I guess. <laughs> so I would, I would draw like a lot of fantasy stuff, but I would also draw a lot of like comic book stuff. And yeah, as you probably saw in the other interview, I would exclusively just like copy sexy X-Men ladies like over and over and over again. <laughs> it's like Emma all I would draw. Yeah, Storm I would get in trouble um, in school for drawing two sexy ladies. Um, which is really funny because I don't draw anything like that at all now. <laughs> um, but yeah, as a kid, I wanted to be a comic book artist. But then I was like, oh, I only like I only know how to draw ladies. <laughs> so I was like, I could only have like lady superheroes. There would be no men in the comic. Um, but yeah, I got I, I I can draw guys now. But I I don't draw a lot of super muscly men either. But. I mm -hmm. guess the guys I draw are also like more effeminate. I don't know, but I, I can. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a little better at an anatomy than I was when I was <laughs> in <laughs> elementary school. Sure. Um, I would hope so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but I wanted to be a comic artist. Like that was my dream. I wanted to be like um, uh, the in the '90s. I I always forget how to say his name. It's Joe Maderera, I think his name might be. He was the artist for the um, Age of Apocalypse arc. Yeah, um, yeah. I was obsessed with his stuff. Um, and that's, like, my dream. Like, I wanted to be, like, him. And it just seems so cool to be, like, this, like, Marvel artist. Um, but now it's just, like... <laughs> I, I kind of just like learned over time also like working in comic book stores that like mm. that's not you don't you don't want to be a comic book artist you get it's like so much work for nothing you get mm. like 
kind of treated like shit. You get paid like shit. Sorry, am I allowed to curse at all? Sorry. Oh, you can. <laughs> yeah, it's no problem. There's no no limitations. Yeah. It's just like such a thankless job, um, which is mm. sad because like these artists put so much work into these characters, and then like. <sighs> Like Marvel's owned by Disney that has like infinite amounts of money is making these huge movies that are making so much money. And then these artists yeah. are still paid like basically nothing. Like right. I get paid more to draw art on a tiny little magic card than someone does to do like the cover of a Marvel comic. Like right. it's crazy. And then like doing actual like the internal pages is so much more work. Like that's a whole different skill, like storytelling um, in comics, like panel work. It's very difficult. And it's just like a thankless job. Like you have to really, really, really love it. And I love comics, but I, I just, I don't think it ended up being for me. <laughs> um, yeah. I would still, I would still love to like, I don't know, do like my own comics. I have done a few mini comics or like do covers for comics. Doing like an X Men cover would still be really cool. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, it just, I kind of slowly learned that that wasn't what I was going to be great at. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I went more into doing like weird fantasy horror stuff um i'm really really influenced by like i'd say like 90s japanese like gaming art like for like jrpgs and mm -hmm. um also like weird horror art i'd say like the um a lot of the old like Japanese like monsters or like um even like Power Rangers stuff um was oh, a yeah, big, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, there's an element of that yeah uh I don't know there's just a lot that went into whatever it is that I do now and a lot of it is comics um but a lot of it is just like video games and fantasy mm -hmm. and yeah, um, after, like, kind of realizing that stuff about comic art, I guess I wasn't really, I didn't really have a focus with my illustration. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Also, because, like, my whole life, so I had wanted to go to art school. And I was like, oh, I just need to go to art school. And that's another thing, um, another problem with me not thinking that I'm very good was like, I just didn't think I was good enough to get into art school. <laughs> and, um, and then I, like, I went to community college for a little bit just to kind of decide what I was going to do. Um, well, also, because I had a, so when I was 17, um, my mom passed away from cancer and I had lived with her my whole life. Like, she's the person who raised me. So it was really like a huge life change and huge shock. Yeah, it, it was very it was I feel like it affected my life a lot and probably still does. But I think I kind of needed a break. So I went to community college to try and figure stuff out. And I had an amazing teacher there who was like, You can do this, like you totally get in, just like try. So I moved to Baltimore because I wanted to go to Micah. 
my stepmom took me for like a little like tour of Micah and to talk to the financial people. And after we went, she was just like, this is never going to happen. Like you can't afford this. We can't afford this. Like it's not happening. So that kind of like, that part of the door was closed. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh, well I can't go to art school. I'll never be able to be a professional artist. Like I'm never in my mind. That was like what you had to do. So it just kind of, I feel like I like hit a, ran into a wall. Like I just didn't think anything could ever be real and anything could ever happen because I didn't go to school. I, would never like be seen as a professional. I can never get a professional job. I mean, this is all in my head. Obviously this isn't true, <laughs> but that's really what I thought. Like I thought, oh, well, this is never going to happen for me. Um, and then I just like kept drawing and kept working on my own stuff, um, posting things on Instagram once like social media started to become a bigger thing. Um, I saw people, I used to go to Baltimore Comic Con all the time, like every year. Um, I saw other people doing like similar, not really similar art to me, but stuff along the same vein. So I was like, oh, I can sell stuff here. Like I can, so I started making like more merch. And then um, when like Dark Souls came out, I, do you, do you play Dark Souls? Do you, or you don't play games. I, I don't play, but I definitely know of Dark Souls. <laughs> okay. so I'm one of those weird people that actually um, looks into how more about the games and how they're made in industry more than actually playing the games. But, but, I, but I, I, I definitely know. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh, like it would be so cool to do like t-shirt designs um, and sell them at Comic-Con. So I started my first design with like a Dark Souls t-shirt design and it was like... Um, made to look like the full tarot card but like dark souls it was like a tarot dark souls crossover i don't know i thought it was cool at the time and it like did so well sounds like, pretty cool to me yeah, yeah. Um, people really liked it so i started selling more shirts um and i feel like i got a slightly bigger following i did really well every time i did a convention um But yeah, like, I feel like my stuff, like, never took off huge. And I, I really, like, didn't feel like stuff was going anywhere. Like, and then it just, sorry, <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, it's, like, such a weird story because I'm like, I don't know, like, nothing happened and then something happened. <laughs> <laughs> no i mean that's nothing isn't that, happened isn't that everything was kind of depressing i was in a really bad yeah. place um yeah i also like there are years of my life where i didn't do any art like i played mm. world of warcraft for like four years of my life and like didn't do anything else like nothing else because i was really into playing world of warcraft. I, I heard that about wow it just sucks you in and you're, <laughs> yeah. it takes over right um yeah. i i was it's I don't know it's such a weird it's a really weird journey where I'm just like how how did this happen how am I here like I 
I'm just like forever grateful that anyone likes the things that I do. Um, that's another thing. Like, it feels so weird going to the magic conventions. Like you were talking about this before and having people like line up because like, they're so nice. Like everyone is so appreciative and like so friendly and so excited about magic art. And it's like such a cool thing to experience. That's not the kind of thing that I've ever experienced at a comic convention. Like it's a very different vibe where at a comic convention, they're kind of like, convince me why I should buy this from you. <laughs> but right. at like a magic convention, they're it's, like, wow, it's a much we more love developed this. We love, machine. Like we love yeah. the art. We love magic. Like it's just, it's so positive. It's been so positive. And I did not expect that. And when you go online, you know, there are a lot of very not positive people online. Sure. That's and the nature I mean, of online. Sure. There's like plenty of reasons and plenty of things that like people don't need to be positive about, but like it's, you don't expect when like you meet people in real life, like just how like everything is just such a nice experience. Everyone's so nice. Um, right. It's just, I'm kind of blown away by the community. Um, and yeah, like the fans and also like the creators are all so nice. I mean, you talk to them all the time. So, you know, I mean, maybe not all of them. I don't know. I don't know all of them, <laughs> but all the ones that I've met. Um, the vast majority yeah. of them are just amazing. Uh, yeah. Just like so friendly and personable. Um, it's just it's just such a good community. Like I feel really grateful to be part of it at all. Um, definitely never, never thought this is where I would be. Um, and yeah, as a kid, so like my first introduction to magic, my stepmom actually like gave me a bunch of magic cards that her ex-boyfriend had left in her car <laughs> before she married my dad. Um, mm. And they were Ice Age cards. Um, and I didn't know how to play. I didn't know anyone who played. But I thought the art was so cool. And I remember just being like, wow, it would be so cool just to like, do this as your job. Like, just make this art. It's like, how do you do that? Like, that's crazy. So it's just weird to be in that place. Also, another thing about that was like, at Minneapolis, um, I got to meet Richard Kane Ferguson, who's like amazing, amazing artist and so cool, like nicest guy. Um, he was also like, oh, I love your stuff. And I'm like, is he just being nice to me? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I bought this print from him that was the advertisement for Ice Age in Wizard Magazine that I would see all the time as a kid. Um, so like, it's just like, and he signed it. It's just like very special because Wizard Magazine is the first magazine I ever subscribed to. Um, and Ice Age is like the first magic cards that I ever had. I don't, it's just, I don't know. It's very cool. <laughs> There's some sort of, um, uh, serendipity, uh, whatever the word that is, like it just happened to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. I don't know. Life is really weird. Like, <laughs> yes. I, don't, I don't, I don't, 
I can't really believe it sometimes. I mean, obviously life can be pretty awful, but it can also just, like, be really wondrous, I guess. And I, yeah. I appreciate My everything that has happened. <laughs> My, my personal take on it is that life is not really awful or wonderful. Life is just life. <laughs> and we just create these narratives about like this good thing happened. So then this bad thing had to happen or this bad <laughs> thing happened. So now I deserve a good thing or overnight success and hashtag whatever, whatever. And it's just life is just life. So I my personal take on it is just don't get too down when when you're in a low spot and yeah. don't get too high when you're in a when you're in a euph euphoria spot, like just, <laughs> just try to have a, try to go for the long term, right? It's kind of like yeah. running, like you don't, you don't want to like blow your load, like in the first mile, right. you want to make sure that you're consistently there so you can finish it in on the, on the last mile. And, um, I had no idea that that was your, your background. Cause I, not to make this interview about me, it, no, it is definitely okay. not. It, it, but it, I, I definitely feel I like always, there's I some similarities. Want, I want someone, like you should do an interview where like someone interviews you or you interview yourself. Because I'm like, I don't know anything. I don't know. Actually, actually, <laughs> someone just said that. Someone whom I interviewed a, a few years ago said, I listened to your recent interview with whomever. And he said, I would really want to interview you, James, and just have yeah. you be the guests. And I, I'm not, I'm not about that kind of ego <laughs> thing, but I thought it'd be fun to do maybe. So maybe I'll try to do that sometime this year is actually should. just it's have like someone for your channel. So like people yeah. know about you. Like but, I don't, but I just yeah. stumbled upon your stuff. So like, I don't, I, I was like, Oh, you're like interviewing these people who I've met before. Like it'd be cool to know more <laughs> about them. And I was like, wow, these interviews are really good. Like, and then he messaged me. I was like, Hey, your interviews are really good. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I, I'm so glad we could talk now. But it's also like, I, I feel like, so I feel like we're kind of in the roughly the same age group. Right. Um, and I, I still live in the 90s. Like yeah. I grew up, uh, you know, with like Green Day CDs or Smashing Pumpkins or whatever. Smashing and, Pumpkins you know, is my favorite band of all time. Um. Okay, well, I, <laughs> I, okay, we can have a whole separate podcast about that. I still watch like, Billy Corgan interviews on YouTube, right? Oh. That, that's the kind of, <laughs> I don't of, watch his new, you know, I don't watch his new interviews because, um, he, uh, he has some opinions. That I don't really. Sure. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. The original lineup, but I think, I think Darcy, oh my God. Billy, uh, yeah. James, like Ch Jimmy Chamberlain are like just one of the most talented acts in musical history. Amazing. Um, like Mel, I grew up on melancholy and infinite sad. That's still my, my first, favorite. My first concert I ever went to was the melancholy tour. Um, I saw oh, him no shit. and I saw and garbage opened for them. Um, so oh, like, I love garbage. Yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like, yeah, it was and the, the so whole cool. Butch Vig connection. Yeah. It was, yeah, it's, it's really, that, that's a whole nother <laughs> podcast. But what I'm trying to say is like, I grew up in the nineties, uh, obviously with magic, but also I was a huge, um, comic book nerd. So, you know, the names that you had mentioned, I lived that stuff. I was really way more into video games and anime at that time compared to now. I don't know what happened. I just kind of grew up out of I'm it. I'm like, I still love uh, all of that stuff because I'm still a yeah. child. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's, that was the other direction. But um, the other thing is that I, I don't think I ever mentioned this on the podcast, but I used to really enjoy drawing and painting. So I used to draw my own comics oh, like, awesome. when I was when I was like 10 years old. I used to draw like 
my own like imaginary street fighter and x-men <laughs> comics and uh wait I had, who is like, your favorite x-men character i think it's pretty boring i think for me it's just wolverine or cyclops like i don't know like it's just i mean they're all there's no wrong answer like obviously wolverine in the 90s was like everyone's favorite but Cyclops, sure. even though like people are like oh he's boring he's actually a very interesting character he's like super repressed like there's a lot going on a lot going on i think Cyclops. so too um he always gets mm -hmm. a kind of bad rep as like the stereotypical like straight laced uh male hero but i think he's also a lot more than there. that that's people yes who, people have only watched the movies are the people who think that or have He's only like, watched the cartoons or oh, something. Oh, yeah, like yeah, also the cartoons. Um. Yeah, yeah. And I, but I have to say, uh, X-Men was not my favorite. I was really way, way higher on Batman. Batman oh, yeah. was always, was always like, I, animated series, of course. Oh, right? my God, that's, so that's Iconic run. I watched all the episodes when it was on TV, back when we had to watch TV. Uh, and I, like, for some reason, like, I guess the little bit of connection is that you are brave in that you continue to do art. And I just <laughs> never pursued that because I went into, I became 18 years old. I, I thought, okay, that this is not going to be a career. And it's not even like my parents telling me that it was just like, I just, I just thought I have to study computer science or like something <laughs> that was more lucrative. And I just kind of stopped it. And so I kind of got back into not art, but I got back into writing and that's how oh, cool. it later became podcasting yeah uh, i actually so that that's a little bit of my story but uh, like i'm not trying to put myself into this but no but I, I i do i, I, I do feel you like put some... yourself into this okay <laughs> i yeah. wanted to learn but, more about the the person yeah. running but, this podcast but i guess what i'm trying to say is that i i always have this intense fascination with how things are made like even if i'm not doing art now yeah i i can totally geek out over like the industry or how you do your well, thing it's so it's so interesting or how video games are made just how anything's made really like i'm just totally into that i mean art is so crazy because there is no like one way that art is made like everyone has such a different process um i mean that's not true like some people do things very similarly but it's like everyone, no, I get what you're saying. It's, it's a lot has... more like it's a lot less straightforward than like, okay, how a car is made yeah. or how a t-shirt yeah. <laughs> is made or how like this thing is made, right? Yeah. But like everyone, like different painters, like you could work in the same medium, but you could have a totally different technique that you're using or a totally different like method of applying like the different colors. Um, like I have a very different method than a lot of people I know who basically like do the same thing like they're doing line work that they scan in and then do digital colors but like my method of coloring is totally different um and then obviously like what i would do compared to like someone who does like oil painting that's like totally just totally different it's so interesting to see how different people like create what they create and it's like a magical thing I don't know. It's like someone might like look at my stuff and be like, how do you do that? But then I look at some painter and I'm like, how is that possible? How do you do that? I don't know. It's art is cool. <laughs> and, I, and I just find that so admirable how you, you found a way to stick with it. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like that's what life is. Just going back to like, this is a really long winded way to say like, it's, it is about life is really about perseverance, right? It is really about this, regardless of, 
your anxiety or your imposter syndrome, we all have that as creatives, but just sticking with it when every, when no one is telling you that you need to stick with it, but yourself, like that's just so hard. And I find that so admirable. Well, thank you. Um, I don't know for me, it's just like, I, it's a thing that I can't not do. Like I always come back. I always like, even though, like I said, like there were some years where I probably didn't do any art. It's just like a thing that I do. Like art is a thing that I do. Like I feel like sometimes I just feel like I have to draw something or I get these ideas in my head and I have to like, I just love creating things. Um, I mean, I guess that doesn't have to be art. Like could like bake a cake or something. (laughs) Um, I just like, it's so fun to like make a thing and I just love like art is what I'm good at. Like that's probably the thing that I'm best at, even if sometimes I don't think that I'm that good at it. (laughs) Um, So it's just, it's so, I can't, I can't not. It's just part of you. So you can't not do it. It's just a thing that I do that just, I can't imagine not doing it. Even like if I don't think what I'm doing is great, um, it's just a, I have to do it. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, thank you, but it's also like I don't feel like I ever had a choice of like mm-hmm. not drawing. But the thing mm-hmm. that I did do was continue to like, I guess, like share it and like put myself out there a little bit, um, which I think is a thing that some people just stop doing. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, you're saying you like completely stopped. So yeah, I don't, you can still, you can still do it. You can I, still just draw I bought, a little guy. I bought, <laughs> I have a sketchbook that's completely blank. I bought colored pencils and some painting materials and I just never, it just sat there. Just like, and I draw whatever. I thought I'd just start doing something. Don't yeah. even try and do anything like good. Don't go into it with an expectation. Just like yeah. start doing it like doodle yeah like i don't know like you might I, make something cool and it might i don't know it'll it'll probably feel yeah. good to just like i don't know if you have any advice for me because <laughs> i i actually feel like i'm a little bit of a um creative crossroads like so basically i i work in tech so i have a a nine to five which uh usually ends up becoming like 50 60 hours a week uh-huh. uh, so i'm glad that we could do it now because it's during my weekends where i i could do it um and i just i just i i just have like i just have projects that i i want to do for example i like doing this interview series a lot but i'm also been thinking i have this tension where i i feel like i think i'm too indoctrinated by these platforms where i feel like everything that i do i need to there needs to be some sort of payoff or future payoff. So for example, I, I grinded really hard to get this humans imagine channel to be a thousand or more subscribers. I want to keep growing it. It's blah, so blah, blah. hard though. Um, and YouTube and <laughs> yeah, and, and it's relentless and, and I'm not, I'm not complaining. Like I love doing this. So I, I'm, I'm really doing it without much of a monetary reward right now. Cause I just love talking to people, but I always think about the opportunity costs, right? Because um, I also really, really love 
writing. I actually published two books, uh, both of both of which were magic related. And I've been thinking like, should I do a like a weekly newsletter again? Should I start like vlogging more about my professional side? Like I always feel like there's things I want to do, but I never want to half-ass it. So I want to only start something when I feel like I have a decent shot at being consistent and putting out relatively high quality. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just rambling. No, now, but it's, it's like it, that, that whole, th that whole creative totally versus sense. like payoff thing is also, it's like super tough. The, I've thought about killing this project like so many times in the past. You can't, few years. the problem is like, I feel like I hear, I mean, I hear this a lot from like YouTube content creators. Um, is that they're like, you can't go into this, like thinking about money. Like you just have to do it because you love it. Um, because there's just no guarantee that anything is going to happen. And like, you have to take that thought out of it. Like if you want to commit to something, just do it because you love doing it and you're going to get enjoyment out of it. And if like money comes from that, amazing. Like, that'll be, like, I guess, like, ideal, just, like, the icing on the cake. But, like, if you don't love it, <laughs> like, it just, it it seems like even to be successful in most things, like, it takes so long to get there for mo a lot of people. So if you're just, like, doing something and just thinking about maybe this will make money, um, if it's a creative project, it's, that doesn't seem like the best way to go you have to pick the thing that like you enjoy doing like that you love yes. doing and like yeah if like you get tired of this channel because you get tired of like <laughs> talking to people or you run out of people to interview or like you just don't feel like doing it because it's not worth your time anymore put your time and energy into a thing because you love it and enjoy it and not because you think this creative project might someday like be commercially successful because if you go into it like thinking about the money part like just chance there's the odds are like so far against creatives that I just feel like that that might be the bad decision you want to do something like that you love and you can stick with it yeah um Commercial success is kind of the cherry on top. Yeah, not... exactly. That's like the extra thing. And obviously like everyone wants that and that would be great. Like I, I would love that for your channel. Like I would love that for whatever you do. And I would love that for anyone doing anything. <laughs> but like um, just especially from YouTube creators. I hear that a lot that like, if they went into it just thinking about money, they would have stopped a long time ago, like before they even like got big enough to be making any money because it just like, it's, it's a lot of work. It, it is. <laughs> yeah. And, and fortunately I love doing what I'm doing now. Like, yeah. uh, I hope, I hope you're sensing that I'm not like, nobody's like putting a gun to my head and be like, James, you have oh, to yeah. interview well... somebody. <laughs> It's not that. Uh, in fact, there's a part of me that wishes I could probably I could do it more often. Like if I didn't have a job, if I didn't have certain obligations, yeah, I would love to put out like two or three interviews a week. Like I would love that. But it's it's about setting boundaries for myself as well. 
Yeah. And so where I'm coming from is like, I love doing this, but I'm always, there's always this anxiety about opportunity costs, right? If I'm doing this, I'm not doing something else or pursuing this yeah. other thing. And uh, yeah, you're totally right. YouTube is uh, uh, soul crushing. So it's like, you have to figure out how to make it uh, I tried fun to for yourself for a little while. And then just was like, this isn't, I'm not the kind of person who can do this. <laughs> Maybe we could talk about this a little bit too, like not YouTube per se, but it's just, I, I, I was just talking about this with somebody uh, else actually in another episode. I feel like part of being a creative or a creator is this willingness to do one thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Maybe you get 1% better every time or 5% better, but it is this sort of forced, consistent monotony that we put on ourselves. I can't speak for you, but I, I often I think that's feel true. that. Yeah, I, I guess know? I hadn't thought about it that way, but I think that's so totally it has to be true. Because otherwise, you, how can you work on your 150th drawing of something that's similar to the 149 before it, yeah. right? And also, like, it's not always fun. Like, I mean, like, I've definitely, like, been in a place where I was super burnt out. Um, there's, like, a bad side to, like, doing what you love to do for a living, for sure. Because, like, when you have to do it and there are, like, time constraints and there's, like, all this pressure... Um, the creativity sometimes gets a little sucked out of it and like you just feel drained and sometimes you're just like I don't I hate everything that I'm drawing I just like I, I think like a lot of artists start feeling that way who do I'm sure that's exactly how the pumpkins felt when they had to record I don't know like melancholy for into the second week and I think the producers flood, right? Like he was like yeah, probably yeah. like getting to do certain things and you have to do your, you know, 200th take. I'm sure that's probably how they felt. I, I can't it's just, uh, say for sure. Yeah, you just, it, it can be really hard to like do what you love for a living. It can make you like not like what you love. There, are, I mean, a lot of people stop, like, I know it's true with like, I don't know if it's true with like other content creators. I'd assume yes, but... Like, I know a lot of artists who just, like, stop being professional artists because they, I mean, they decide it wasn't for them to be, like, having to do this. They want to do it for fun and they want it to just feel creative. So it's definitely not for everyone to, like, do your passion for a living. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you thought about that too like have you thought about doing maybe art just that's private and just never goes out or how do you feel about that i don't think so i do draw things if i draw something and i don't show it it's because i don't like it okay. <laughs> um, or i didn't finish it like i uh -huh. can't i i think i have a problem um where maybe because like so i'm technically not an only child because i do have some half brothers but i didn't grow up with them um I grew up like an only child with my mom and I just feel like you get ingrained and be like look at this thing that I did look what I right. did look at this thing that I drew so I feel like the internet gives you that same thing where it's like look everybody look at this thing <laughs> I don't know <laughs> um I just I feel like there's no payoff if I can't like right show thing can't just have a um, tree fall in the forest it has yeah. to like be shown in some way everybody right? has to hear it um 
yeah I don't know a lot of people say that that they're like doing art like just for themselves and yeah I don't know I don't I need <laughs> I need validation <laughs> I love doing art um for myself that like isn't for a job like I do mm -hmm. art for fun all the time but I still post right. it <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, like, yeah, yeah yeah um but yeah I it is nice to have time to like do art that isn't that's still art for art's sake because yeah. I think just sharing it doesn't mean that I don't it's know. not really commercializing it or it's still, everyone it's still, sees it differently. I feel like like it's still part of the whole thing. So like yeah, and it's like oh, I might make a print of it or I might like yeah do my own like art book or like so but if you're proud I, of it, why the heck not, right? Why yeah, not exactly. share it? It's, it's kind of like it's kind of like this podcast like I could always I could never release these things but I feel like someone <laughs> will get value from it so yeah. from hearing the Justine Jones method so why not release it into the world right <laughs> but it's um yeah I just uh sometimes just doing doing my own work for like I just feel more creative like when no one is telling me like draw this yeah. thing like this make it this color um it's nice. It's nice to have a break, but then it's also so cool to like, you know, get to be part of a thing that's like bigger. And also sometimes it's so fun to like interpret other people's ideas. Like when you get things from art directors, um, I don't know. I feel like that's a whole other thing, like trying to like understand what their vision is and mm. like turn it into your vision. Um, yeah. I don't know. Art, art is cool, <laughs> but is that, also it can be very frustrating. And um, what, what what has that been like? Because I know even before, even no, I just mean in terms of uh, getting like you're basically a what do you call this? A commission, right? So there's mm -hmm. a commission that comes in, and you get certain directions or guidance on how it should be. Of course, you've done this before, Magic too. There's there's guidance or yeah. Uh, what have you? How do you? What's your process like? Is, is it do you do you do you ask clarifying questions? Do you do you try like how does it work exactly? So I guess well with magic it depends. Um, so like stuff for a secret layer, you have a lot more freedom because they're they're wanting like your style. They want it to look like totally different. Um, that's the whole point of secret layer. Um, if you're doing stuff for like a main set, it's a little more important to take like, like, you know, like the cards, like color into account, because like, if you have a green card, you want to make sure it reads as a green mana card, um, or blue or, you know, um, that kind of thing is really important. Whereas in secret layer that like doesn't really matter that much. It could be anything. Um, but personally, I don't think I've ever asked a clarifying question about the art direction. I normally just read it and then interpret it and then go I'm like, with it, how, right? what is, what is my version of this thing? Mm -hmm. Um, I have misunderstood. <laughs> the art direction before um uh i think with the bone dragon uh 
why am I blanking on his name? Ah, uh, how could I forget? Eben Death Dracolich. <laughs> <laughs> how could I forget? Says like a ten syllable name. You yes. Know? Well, actually, so he's a D and D um, character, and his actual name is crazy. Hold on. Okay, his actual name. Eben Death Dracolich is his nickname. Chardon Thera Vitriol. <laughs> Ch- Chardon Thera Vitriol. Um, it, yeah. Yeah. So Evan Death Dracula. How could you forget like, that name? That's the nickname. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so it's a Lich Dragon, and I read it as being completely made of bones so i didn't think he could have like actual wings um i thought Mm. they'd just be like little bones but um i was immediately told to give him actual wing flaps and i was like oh yeah he would look a lot better with actual wing flaps um i had to redraw his wings and (sighs) the whole the whole deal with him was uh actually kind of nightmarish because so I was drawing him during the pandemic. I don't know if you saw this interview that I did. So maybe you've already heard this, but right before I was supposed to turn him in and like fix his wing flaps, I tripped over a table in my tiny apartment and broke my toe. Like, like it was like sideways. Um, (laughs) And it was like freaking out. I had never broken a bone before. Um, I didn't know what to do because I didn't want to go anywhere because it's like COVID. And um, it was just totally absurd because he's like a dragon made of bones. And I broke a bone while drawing the dragon made of bones. And I was like, why is this? What is this? You're forever connected to the <laughs> And to I the was art. like emailing um, Tom, my art director. I was like, oh, Tom, it's going to be late. I broke my toe. I don't know what to do. I'll, I'm just probably like not going to be able to turn him in on time. And Tom is just like, it's okay. You broke your toe. Like, why? <laughs> why are you so worried about the dragon when you broke your toe? It was just like, uh, the deadline is the most important thing in my like mind. I can't. Yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're committed. You're, you're a professional. <laughs> Justine, it was so great talking to you today. And thank you for sharing your, your process, your art, your, your journey with us. Um, thank you for having me. It was great yeah, talking I, to you. What's the best place for people to find you on, on social? <laughs> Uh, on Instagram is what I use the most. I, I guess I am in stories mostly, but um, it is teen witch, T-E-A-N underscore witch. And then I'm also on Twitter as teen witch with no underscore, but Twitter seems to be imploding right now. So I don't, I don't know how long Hopefully. I'll be there. Hopefully we'll still be around. I'll post your socials in the cool. in the show notes, so not to worry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you so much, and have a great rest of the the evening over there. Thanks. Have a great day. <laughs> thank you for tuning in to this Humans of Magic episode with Justine Jones. To get in touch with Justine when it comes to magic art related stuff, or if you simply like to purchase one of her artist proofs, email Donnie Cultwriter 
for all the details. Donnie's contact information is listed in the episode description. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please help spread the word. Leave a review for Humans of Magic on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or your podcast platform of choice. And if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to follow the channel and drop a comment. It helps a lot. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.